we say we won't change, but we still doing the same things. We still listen to the same things. We still watching the same things. We glorifying it. And then when you get home and something happened, we want to cry about it. This episode of Point of View Uncensored is sponsored by Juicy Details, here located on the southeast side of Atlanta. Welcome to Point of View Uncensored, Dr. Renaissance. I'm Dr. Jake. And your favorite brother, DJ. It's your boy, Tonio. And this is Eldridge checking in, checking in. Yes, yes. So those are our guests we have today. And we also have um, another gentleman on the line, um, Young Turks, Young Turks uh, media personality. What's poppin'? It's Jackson White. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you for being off with us today. Sure. So the first thing I want to talk about is, uh, of course, one of my classmates, um, she posted a video on YouTube, and um, I'll give you a bit of uh, an overview on it so you give you a bit of context. So pretty much five years ago, she was abused by another one of my classmates. Um, and now she's kind of sharing it five years later, um, saying that she kind of went through it. You know, it was a terrible experience for her. And um, I thought it was just kind of something to share because she kind of said that a lot of people don't really talk about domestic violence. And um, I want to use the opportunity to kind of just, you know, reference her video and then talk about, you know, domestic violences and what caused that to happen and why, how do people end up being in those situations? For one, I, I do want to say this to the sister. I didn't get a chance to watch the full, it's a 25 minute video, so hopefully, we put the video on the show link so people can reference and see her story. But I, I have four sisters and I am a mama's boy. So I grew up around all women my entire life. I've seen sisters um, date guys. I have had sisters be in a, a, abusive situations. And um, it's, a tough, it's a tough situation, especially if you talk coming from the point of view as a protector of somebody that loved your sisters. And at that point, you got to, you got to tread the line between she grown, she get to do what she want to do, and I'm your brother, I got to protect you. And uh, I don't know this sister situation. Obviously, she's coming out five years later and telling the story, but obviously she felt like she didn't have somebody she could go to confide in. She didn't feel safe. And that's the unfortunate side. But the other side of domestic violence, why I feel like we don't talk about it enough, we don't talk about all of it. We don't talk about the domestic violence against men. And a lot of times we look at the domestic violence against men as a joke, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't heard stories of men getting beat up by women. We are like, uh, well, you got your ass beat. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it looked that funny. So I think the domestic violence situation, until we have a holistic conversation about all the victims that happened to, I don't think we're gonna get as much progress as well as until we talk about what are the accountability that we have to take as the victim? I know we talk about victim shaming, but we also gotta talk about victim accountability. A lot of times there are signs and things that can let us know to get out of that situation, but we choose to go through it. So, unpopular opinion maybe, but just starting the conversation. Mm. I, I agree with him on a lot of that. Um, I feel like a lot of times when it comes to domestic abuse, domestic relationships, I feel like people try to, especially women, I see it all the time, like they want to love people through their problems. Like they, 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 try, they, they feel like their love is going to change a person's actions. They want more for that person than that person wants for themselves. Like I grew up in that household. I grew up with an abusive, you know what I'm saying, abusive pops, all of that. Um, so I seen it time and time again. And I used to ask my mama, like, why? Like, what's the, why do you keep 
what I'm saying? And she knew he wasn't gonna change it, but it was just because she just loved him so much that she like, well, he's so smart. He this, he that, da 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 da. She always try to find something to be like, he has potential. Till they got to the point where she kind of had to damn near run away. You know what I'm saying? Like skip states because she knew like it's no, it's no telling what's gonna happen next. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with him on that. Uh, I got plentiful sisters. I got a lot of siblings. So. And I had a sister, she went through the same thing. She had an abusive boyfriend, all of that. And it was actually a thing where me, one of my brothers, one of my partners, beat dude, like, beat him pretty bad. Yeah. But she ended up going right Don't back bad. to him. That happened to me? Like, next time I seen her, a couple weeks later, him in a cast, face messed up and everything, she's helping him heal after a situation that just happened. So it's like, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. And even touching on the, the abuse part as far as the men and all of that, even that is a, like he said, I just don't see no progress coming about until everything is able to be touched on and from every aspect. So yeah, that's, that's my take on that. You know, the victim doesn't choose to go back. It's this like compulsion, you could call it, you know, this, this urge, this need to fulfill something that they, she, he, they need to, to uh, fulfill for themselves and they're trying to get it from somebody else and so you know it almost i guess you could you know liken it to almost like an addiction you know you're addicted to this relationship even though it's causing you harm just like addictions cause cause people harm so i just want um to kind of be careful of using this word choice you know just because you know she chooses to go back you know i don't think that's the that's a that's a an accurate way to talk about it i think we have to see it more in terms of uh, the person's context, their history, their upbringing, you know, all these different factors we have to take into account. Uh, well, I, I wanted to echo what the previous brother said. Um, you know, people who find themselves in these types of situations, especially if they're habitual, if they find themselves in uh, abusive relationships over and over again, people who, people who are emotionally and psychologically healthy, this does not happen to them. These people typically come from abusive households themselves, and it's what they've learned as a representation of relationships. And given the fact that we're emotional creatures, our emotional attachments to others are the strongest things that we can experience. So whatever that emotional attachment to somebody is, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, it's one of the hardest things to break. But also I wanted to point out that oftentimes, whether it be abuse or just different types of things that make relationships dysfunctional. Oftentimes, and the young uh, lady pointed this out, people telegraph these things. People show you who they are. People tell you, uh, whether it's directly or indirectly, exactly who it is that you're dealing with. So for instance, she mentioned that he had spats of jealousy that she would show. She mentioned that he would get unnecessarily rough with her before he actually punched her in the face multiple times and chased her down all over the highway. And then even smaller types of stuff, you feel me? Like whether it be people who are serial monogamous, they don't know how to work through problems. They just jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. You look at somebody's past, why aren't you sticking in any of these relationships? If you think that, you know, you'll think, well, I'm going to be the one who shows her the way. No, you're not, my brother. You're just going to be the next dude and then the next dude and then the next dude or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? People who say like how they deal with problems, like I just cut people off. I don't oh so then if we have issues that's how you're going to handle it with me so oftentimes people will tell you exactly who you are but we let our feelings get in the way of what we're seeing because we're lost in the fantasy so whatever those red flags are at any level it don't even got to be abuse it could just be simple communication issues if you see red flags pay attention to them and keep moving and move on to the next you feel me nah 
I mean, I was just pushing back. Uh, like, I think choice sounds harsh, but I think it's like going back to your addiction of the drug, because I, I mean, addiction has ran through my family. Like, you have to choose that I want better for my life. You know what I'm saying? I have to admit that I have a problem. And then from there, that starts the pathway to growth and going there. And that's the same thing in relationships. Like, I can tell you, again, seeing it firsthand with my sister or listening to the young sister on her story, they typically can give you the account. I seen this. I seen that, like you said, I seen those flags, but I wanted to fix them. I wanted to love them through it. And even if we did it, if we flip it, we done all been with a passionate sister, right? Who get mad and she might start throwing something or she might start, that's abuse. Although we're stronger, we're bigger, and she ain't hurting us per se, that's abuse now. But, but we don't look at it like that because we obviously look at our masculine energy as protection against that toxic femininity, but that's what it is. So it's like, we gotta really, that's why I said that accountability got to come in, because at some point we got to uh, ask ourselves, like, OK, sis, if and this is a conversation I had to have with my sister, every guy you date can't be abusive. Like, you know what I'm saying? We got to figure out what are the common denominators and what are you choosing or what red flags are you overlooking to get in this situation? Every single time. Some of it is a choice. Yeah, some so, of it is. It's, it is and, and we just something you got to keep going back to. At some point, it's your choice to keep, you know what I'm saying? Keeping the cycle going. You can't live your whole life saying, all right, I just, I, I went back to this person a million times, but it's still their fault because they manipulated me. You allowed it at some point, you know what I mean? People probably watching this going through it right now, and I'm, I'm saying we're all sensitive to it, but at some point, sister or brother, you have to get out. You have to choose yourself, you got to choose your kids. And you got to get out of that situation. And until you do that, it's going to continue to happen. And all of that starts with that choice of saying, I'm out of it. So to this sister, I appreciate her for being able to tell that story, but go farther than that. Like, what can you do to a young lady that's in there? There are shelters that uh, uh, need to hear your story, right? There's shelters that are dealing with domestic violence. like. Other than just putting on YouTube, what is the next step you can do to really share your story and help others? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would like to see from her. And it's going to also help you in your healing process. Helping you get somebody out of that situation that you were stuck in is going to ultimately help you completely heal over. Next, I want to talk about the versus battle, Mario versus Amarion. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot going on with that. I, honestly, I just thought it was kind of embarrassing. Like for like for R and B artists um, to just go on stage and kind of just you know kind of just wing. I thought they were just kind of just winging it on stage. Like yeah, Ray J holding a baby while he's singing. Like come on, you don't go on on stage holding holding your baby while you're singing. And then you got, I mean Mario kind of ate him up too. Like Mario, he act like that was his concert. Like so that's why I get all my respect to him. Um, honestly, even though some people felt like he may not have been the best, but I just think overall it was not a, a good good presentation or a good representation of R&B. So you being an artist, what do you what do you think about that? I'm not gonna lie, uh, Mario slid on every person on that stage. Every single one of them. I feel like- uh, Even Tank? Nah, I'm, I ain't gonna lie, none of them messing with Tank. Yeah, Not one that. person yeah. is messing with Tank. Tank, uh, he the godfather of that artist. Let me take these off. Omarion, my boy, I don't know what happened. 
It was a bad day for R&B, man. I'm going to just say that, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was, overall, that was like one of the worst verses I think I ever seen. Like, Ray J, Ray J, you that dude. But that performance, can we cuss? Yeah. That shit was terrible. <laughs> that shit was that shit was terrible. I'm believing it that, bro. Nah, it it for me it was unfortunate. Like, um, cause I'm gonna be real. Before it start, catalog to catalog, Amarion has this. He can dig way deeper in his bag. He can go to the B2K bag. He can go to his solo bag, and then he can go to feature bag. Y'all gotta realize verses is twenty versus twenty. Facts. That's all you get is twenty versus twenty. So. Armarion started this to win. Mario, I like his music better. Mm -hmm. Because Mario, I grew up with Mario. I remember when um, Just a Friend came out. That was the song I was singing to Shadows in middle school. Like, I grew my hair because I braided my hair. Like, that song made me want to get along. You, you feel like this? You feel like if he would have kept it like a little basic and not been trying to do all the little uh, extra dance moves and all that if he would have just performed you know what i'm saying did his thing you think he would have he would have came out on top omarion yeah nah because i think versus is a combination of performance it's a combination of hits performance and delivery and uh delivery he just failed like his right. deliver and then the artist that he brought out like well, Jeremiah really put the coffin. When Jeremiah came out, I was like, all right, this over. I don't want to watch and no Jer more. Jeremiah hard. Like, I rock with Jeremiah music. I don't I don't know what happened. It, maybe it was but, the, it was a bad day with auto-tune or something man, like that. No, no, no. I, I think what really happened, it showed how many antics people had versus talent. Come on. I think that it couldn't have been just a, a, a head-up battle, and that's why they had, like, the... Uh, the undercard to make up for the lack the lack yeah. of live performing talent. So you have people who can actually sing, people who can make hits, people who you can dress up and, you know, in the studio with all of the effects from your uh, producers and all of those people. And then when you see them live, there's really nothing to see if they can't dance. Yeah. So it's an era where Coming from an era where you have Usher being the megastar, followed by Chris Brown, and then everyone else, they need features or, you know, some sort of gimmick, or they have a really good one-hit wonder, R&B suffers. And I think that's why most of them have to go on touring groups, because they really don't have a catalog. Mm -hmm. They really don't have a stage presence. They're not a complete artist. You got to do a and whole millennium tour. So, yeah. Um, Jackson, what's your take? I didn't get to see it. Um, apparently, it was terrible, though. But, uh, <laughs> but I, what I do know is that, um, you know, when it comes to R&B, there's a ton of space in the music industry uh, for real artists and better artists to step forward. Um, because at the end of the day, whether it's R&B, blues, jazz, hip hop, any type of quality real music never really loses its flavor. It may not be super trendy at the time, but you know what I'm saying? At any point in time, if it's real music, if it's good, and people can vibe to it. So, I, if it's if it was as bad as y'all say it is, then to me that just means there's a lot of opportunity for better people to step up. So. The best song that was performed was uh, Bobby Valentino, "Blackberry Molasses." I think that was the best like complete song. To me, it was. All the other songs, I don't know, man. It was, it was that shit was just off. Now it just showed like we are not trained that that 
the era of artists being trained and developed is over. There was a time where you get an artist, they got to go through A&R, you prep them on what to say through press. Like That's why artists just get in trouble for saying dumb stuff, tweeting up. When you think about artists back in the day, you were taught how to talk to press. You were taught how to do award show. Like That era is over. People ain't vocal training no more. Y'all smoking all day, every day. You doing hookah. You drinking. You drinking water that ain't room temperature. Like, and now, that's why your voice is coming out how they are. That's, it's over with. It's over with. Like, we got to get back to real art. That's why I love what Tank is doing with his new podcast. Shout out to Tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Tank is an R&B purist. And I feel like he's trying to really keep it alive. So I appreciate him for even showing up for he the got, young he homies. He got the best runs. Yeah. yeah. Best runs. Yeah. For real. Tank like that. Most respect to Tank. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, talking about how artists are kind of doing their own thing, they're not prepped like they used to be. I think part of that has to do with social media. Mm-hmm. And another story that's kind of come out in the last couple of weeks has to do with Lil, Lil Nas X and his relationship with BET. So I don't know if you guys saw any of his social media posts on Instagram. He was uh, had a bunch of stories you know, I'm saying like F B E T F B E T F B E T, and he has a new song out um, with y- featuring Y B uh, called "Late to the Party," um, where he uh, supposedly, I guess, the chorus he's, he says um, "fuck B E T" over and over again. So uh, this is, you know, I mean, this is the age of social media. Um, artists can kind of do what they want on social media to a greater or lesser degree, and I'm curious what, what you guys make regarding um, Little Nas's kind of beef with BET, especially in terms of what he says, that they're not supportive of queer artists. I'm going to be real. I don't really know too much about it because I don't really like, as far as other artists on social media, I post what I post, retweet what I retweet, and I get the fuck up off. I get up off of there because I just don't I don't feed into certain things. Uh, Little Nas X, from my understanding, like the music I done heard, he an entertaining dude. He a great artist. Um, as far as the, as far as the antics and everything else that go, man, I kind of avoid all of that. Um, that's something I'm gonna have to read into. I don't really know too much about it. I'm, I'm just be honest, man. Um, first of all, Lil Nas X is the best troll in the industry. Like, <laughs> I mean, better than six nine and Fifty Cent put together. I'm saying it. Like Lil Nas X is. I mean, he's great. So for him to not be acknowledged and for him to do what he did with his single, uh, Old Town Road, like, you talking about records that we've never seen before. That song is what I call a 6 to 65 song. Six-year-olds and 65-year-olds and every age in between knew that song. It's nobody gets a hit like that. You know what I'm saying? So for him to not be acknowledged, to me, I think it's, it's trash. You know what I'm saying? I think it's trash. I definitely think it should be a knowledge. Whether you like his music or not, you got to respect what he's done and what he's contributed to the game. And I'm not even the biggest Lil Nas X fan, but I consider myself a troll. So uh, I, I appreciate for what he brings to the game. Um, they got to they gotta show my boy some love, and I think it only helps him ultimately. This Even this song, like he's able to leverage every single thing that y'all do for his good. So this song right here, I ain't even heard it yet. I just thank you for letting me know. I'm gonna look it up and listen to it now. But I would say this right now, like in today's time, is the perfect time to do the stuff that y'all say he doing, like as far as the trolling and all of that. Early 2000s, mid 2000s, they controlled the media, like as far as like BET, MTV, those TV stations and all that. Now social media controls the media more so than the television station. So 
he he in a perfect area, the perfect era to do the things that he's doing. Because back then, that's when real cancel culture was. That was that's when it was real deal. Now, they say you cancel and then you can put a song out and go number one. Literally the next day, like six nine did when he came home from jail. So, I, I mean. Do you, bro? Keep doing you, bro. If it's, if it's helping you win, do your thing, bro. Ain't nobody mad at you. Yeah, whatever. My question is, does he have any relevant music? If we're talking about from one award show to the next award show, and the, the lasting memory we have is the last award show, would the music he put out for that time period make him relevant for that award show? And are you supposed to carry on through a whole nother cycle and still get another award the following year. So are you just throwing a fit just because? Um, so he that's got, what it appears to me. Well, he definitely got snubbed the first year. The first year they uh, snubbed, it was death. Montero, his single, I mean, it was everywhere. Dude was streamed, his numbers went crazy. So he was definitely snubbed. And I think it was an opportunity for you to come back and make it right. It was, a, it was an opportunity to come back and make it right and BET different. So, I think BET, uh, I would love for them to just stand on it. Don't do it in silence. See, I'm all about kicking somebody out of the club. Like, you're going to kick somebody out. <laughs> if I'm not inviting you to my party, I'm going to let you know you're not coming to my party because I don't fuck with you. But don't just say, oh, you didn't get here because, oh, your music wasn't good enough. Or you didn't. He just did too many numbers. And it's not about talent no more. We want to talk about the industry. Oh, you can't say you didn't have enough talent. You can't say your music wasn't quality enough because there's plenty of people with no quality that have came to the BET Awards. So it's you I just want BET to come out and say, Lil Nas X did not get invited because we don't fuck with him or we don't fuck with queer people. I'd rather you say that than to do it in silence. That's me. Yeah, well so Lil Nas X says it has to do with kind of BET not representing the queer community historically, you know, but BETs I supposedly at least on the internet put out a statement that um, Lil Nas X, um, the issue was that they thought that he was engaging in um, satanic worship mm -hmm. uh, or something like that. So, I, you know, those two issues, you know, the LGBTQ community and, you know, I guess going to hell or satanic worship or whatever, those have gone together historically, uh, you know, if we think of uh, evangelical Christian Christianity, you know, this idea that, you know, queer people are going to hell. You know, so I don't know. It's it's a hard issue to kind of um, disentangle, but you get these two competing, you know, view viewpoints. You know, you're not representing or advocating for the queer community, but at the same time, you're accusing us or queer people of worshiping Satan. Like, it, you know, it's a it's a no win situation. They can't say that because if they if they try to cancel that that side of it, like look at the other music that's coming out. Not even past the queer. Like, look at the music that most of us make. What from saying? our culture, like we talking about killing people That's every every five seconds. We talking about you know what I'm saying, like but what they drug, drug abuse. So it's a, I don't know, man. Like they, they get that, but what I'm saying is, so from that point, I didn't know that statement. From that standpoint, Lil Nas X was on that line, and you know he was. So so so, 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 so we can show it something. Lil Nas X was twerking on the devil in his video. So <laughs> that being said, you know, black folk, we get a little bit more aggressive, like more progressive. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh. Kendrick Lamar, you know what I'm saying? We got we are now embracing the LGBTQ community a lot more than we have historically. So I can't say that. 
But you know, black folk ain't playing with the devil or Trump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, if you dealing with the devil or Trump, we ain't playing with you. So for that reason, that's why Lil Nas didn't get it back. He was twerking on the devil. If he wouldn't have twerked on the devil, he could have twerked on state. <laughs> Jack, what's your take on that? I mean, well, the we don't live in times of proper decorum. That's long gone. So. I mean, he not doing nothing illegal. So him saying fuck BET all over the place. I mean, truthfully, that's just getting BET more attention as it is. And my thoughts on BET, honestly, I don't take them seriously. I think that they are a joke. I think that their artistic uh, quality is poor. I think, you know, what do you see when you turn on BET? Some drug story, some hood story, somebody. And I sold drugs for years, so I'm not even knocking the practice. I'm just saying, like, that's all it is. It's just... What's the worst representation of black people we can possibly put forth? That's us. That's BET. So, I mean, like, honestly, fuck BET. I don't really care. We just lost that sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say that to the end of, I'll say that to the top of the hills. I think BET is a very low quality uh, network. So who do you like then? Who do you like? I mean... I like good quality, whatever it is. But for my whole life, all I've seen on BET is, you know, low quality hood stories. Like black people ain't out here doing more than that. But you got to realize who owns BET now. Remember, at first it was owned by black people. Now it's owned by white people, right? There's really no difference in in ownership. BET hasn't been good since probably about 1996 with like the, the basement and... Uh, Rap City, Rap City, and uh, the comedy show. What was the comedy show? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everything. Hold on, hold on. Trash. You said y'all didn't like the basement? Yeah, the basement. No, he said he said it. I'm about to flip this table in the name of Tigger. Since the early 2000s, BET has it's always been trash as far as like its effect on us as a whole. But the the quality of TV shows has really gone downhill. And if you're talking about demonic imagery, it's what's straightforward demonic imagery versus like hidden symbolism. So it's all for the sake of the devil anyway. He's just outright with it. So you gotta throw the baby in the bathwater out if that's the case, because they're all doing some really mysterious things that or esoteric imagery. So speaking of the Illuminati, um, Beyonce, Beyonce has a new song. Oh my goodness! Beyonce has a new song out. Jay, don't sing your shooters. Jay, don't sing your shooters. Uh, it's called "Break My Break My Soul." Okay, and um, she's been kind of, um, I guess, you know, lauded because she's riffing off of what has been called the Great Resignation. For those of you that might not know, the Great Resignation is kind of this this rise of unemployment with people just quitting their jobs ever since the pandemic. They're not getting they're kind of protesting their wages. They're not getting health care. They're just they're just done with it. So you have all these people kind of quitting their jobs and just resigning. And so in, in her song, uh, she has lyrics that you know goes something like, you know, I just quit my job. I'm going to find a new drive. They work me so hard. Work by nine, then off past five. So there's been a lot of talk of how, about how this, this cultural movement of the great resignation of, of people, workers not being paid enough, not having enough rights, not having appropriate health care, how Beyonce is kind of um, making that, you know, kind of a popular culture now. And so people are talking about, people are listening 
to her song and they're hearing these words about how it's how it's okay to quit my quit your job it's okay to 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 be who you are to to do your own thing and so i'm curious what you guys you know make of this connection between the great resignation and and beyonce i think it's very interesting when people who are not of a certain lifestyle suggest things to people who are not prepared for what they're getting themselves into everyone wants to quit their job everyone has this um fantasy of what entrepreneurship is and in reality not everybody's cut out for it not everybody can afford right now to quit their job and you have to be careful because you could be fueling a lot of people who you have strong influence on to do a bunch of stupid stuff so they're empowered by her going on about some stuff that she's never experienced in her life she's probably never had a job in her life she probably works a hundred hours creatively non-stop who knows and um, the imagery, the imagery is very funny too. It, it gives a uh, behold the pale horse and all that craziness. So, <laughs> uh, but no one's gonna pay attention to that because it's Beyonce. And if the quality of the, I've heard that song since it's been out at least a hundred times indirectly in a restaurant, in traffic, wherever. So, um, you think people really quitting their jobs because of that song? No, I think they already quit. As the beehive representative in this room, <laughs> I would not let you break my soul. I deserve to leave my job that is tormenting me, that is not treating me right. If Beyonce is going to use her platform, her illustrious platform, to inspire us to not live in fear, yes, that's what she's doing. We're removing fear. I give kudos to Beyonce, and she has had a job. She's been in the industry for how long? Oh, that's not a job. That's that is like a, a hard job. She's the hardest working woman yeah. in the industry. And what she's saying to people is what we should be saying to our children every day. Don't get in these trash jobs. I'm just going to be real. When people were getting that PP, not the PPE money, because y'all going to jail. But when people were getting the unemployment money, and you were making $1,000 a week, but your job is giving you 600 every two weeks? You stupid <laughs> if you go back to work. Keep getting that thousand. <laughs> I'm just gonna be real with you. Like we got another 15, 20 years before we get reparations. So therefore, get what you can get out of this system. And if they're paying you a thousand dollars a week to not work, and you go back to work for 600 just so their families can go back on vacation, and they need you to be in the hotel giving them their towels, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. So what I'm saying is set yourself up though. Don't just waste the money. Set yourself up because well, at some point the money, they're going to stop giving it to you and you are going to have to go back to work. Hopefully you take that time to put yourself in position. I agree. I'm just bullshit. Beyonce ain't a no job. <laughs> but I feel what she's trying to say. She's probably not the best messenger. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, uh, you know, she's not the best. I don't want a broke person managing my finances. You know what I'm saying? So she is someone that has never worked a job. She is giving some lyrics. So I get what y'all saying on appropriation. But let's look, let's peel back from all of that. At root, is what she's saying true? Yes. Stop killing yourself for these jobs. Man, I'm just tell you, I got a saying, work the job, don't let the job work you. Yeah, right. I feel like it's just a song though. I feel like people looking I feel like people looking too far like into certain things. You know I mean? Sometimes it's just sometimes music is just music. Sometimes just take it as that. I don't feel like nobody quitting their job because of that song. Like people was already quitting their job. I do. People fed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now they, now they are, they are, they are. But 
man, I, don't, I, don't, I, I feel like it's just a song, man. And I feel like the people that actually like look that far into music and artists and actually follow every single thing that person is saying, all of that, it's you know. Nah, man. I ain't want to say it like that, but. Nah, man. Music has always been the soundtrack of our of our experience. That's why when you hear stuff like I'm Black and I'm Proud from James Brown, it does something to you. Because yeah, that was an area where we were not supposed to be proud of who we were. Fact. We're not supposed to be proud of our... So when we hear Fight the Power from Public Enemy, it does something to us because we were fighting the system. When we hear Fuck the Police to this day, it does something to us because we still screaming Facts. Fuck the Police. Yeah, so music has always been the, the, the background soundtrack of the African American experience, right. so yeah, I just think I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just I think she's coming up. I think they smart. They going to a new international field. Uh, I can appreciate the lyrics. I, I mean, I think at some point, do I think she the best messenger? No. Do I think it's a good message? Yes. So therefore, I gotta take what I like instead of throwing the whole baby. Out. I like the beat though. The beat maybe get jiggy a little. Don't bit. break my soul. We quitting our job. Quit your job. Quit your jobs out there. Like, so Jack, Jack, what's your take on on that whole Beyonce and the Beehive? I mean, like he said, you know, music reflects the times, and 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 it has, and it will continue to do so. And so, um, you know, this is possibly something that people look back on, remember. But at the end of the day, uh, the people who make the most difference in terms of moving society forward, or changing society at all, for the good or for the bad are the people who are involved in the communities and the people who are involved in the actual power plays of politics. So, you know, she made the song, but you know, yeah, people aren't actually gonna, I'm gonna quit my job next week because Beyonce made me like, you know, that's not gonna happen. Um, but I think that it definitely is an echo of the times and then moving forward, again, the people who really move and shake are gonna be the people who are actively in the streets, um, actively pushing for the policies and putting, you know, their reputations on the line for the people, which Beyonce certainly is not going to do. So recently, uh, one of childhood nostalgia moments kind of relived itself with the Mart reunion. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Did you tune in, did you watch, or did you just catch the highlights? Was it that important? Did it have the same effect as um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air must watch on Viv controversy? Good. Uh, good setup so one i did watch i didn't finish it but i watched it let me just start by saying martin hands down was the funniest show to ever come on tv I, I can't say his best it's the funniest name it funny top two was uh my top two is definitely fresh prince of martin in oh, see, color see funnier i can do we're saying funny, funny. i think fresh prince, i think fresh prince was better I think Martin was funny. And when I say that, Martin was like the Pistons when they won the championship. Every they, No, Martin was like the Golden State. Everybody can shoot. Whoever you threw the ball to, they were going to be funny. Martin, the amazing point guard. He throw it over to uh, Pam. She a great center. You got uh, Tommy. Like, literally. And the fact that a lot of that shit was improv, bruh, like how they was doing it. And, and, you, and you learned that in the little interview thing, how many... Like they went back to some of the scenes that we love and they explained what was really happening and what was improv and what wasn't. And like when they start breaking it down like that, man, it's hands down was the funniest show out there, bro. I ain't saying it's the best. I'm a Fresh Prince fan, but if we just gonna be real, Will Smith was funny. 
uh, Jeffrey was funny. We laughed at Hillary. She wasn't funny. We laughed at her. Ashley was cool. You know, Carlton, he had great moments. But I'm talking about consistency from entire cast of funny jokes. No matter who got the mic, Martin, nobody does it better, bro. That's a fact. Bro, I, I can stand on it. I'm prepared. This is a versus. <laughs> I can go episode to episode. Like. If Martin, if you're talking the course of five years, the first three seasons are all Martin and his introduction of all these crazy characters. Warming up. And, and feeding off of their reactions to this man just putting on like a hell of a show. He he basically brought Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, all of these guys. He he brought all of that back with the Martin show. Mm-hmm. He was the one that was like keeping all of that alive. Like now you got Tyler. He had after that Tyler Perry ended up doing this little thing or whatever. But Martin was Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, all of those guys, all in that show. Mm-hmm. Now Fresh Prince was more so like because I'm super young, so Fresh Prince was my Cosby show. That's how I looked at how you know what I'm saying the other generation looked at the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. But Martin was like. Still to this day, I got all of them on DVD. I'm running, I run them back in the crib and just watch them all day. And I like Fresh Prince better. I definitely like Fresh Prince better just because I can relate to Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? He was young, he was executive producing that show. He ad libbed a lot of it. Uncle, like, I mean, I can give y'all life lessons I learned from Fresh Prince. Like, I learned nothing violence. Y'all learned it from Dr. King. I learned it from Will. He learned it from Will. I learned it from Will, bro. When Will told Carlton, give me that gun. Oh, yeah. That's when I learned nothing violence. Like, literally, y'all learned, like, in Natural Sisters from, like, Erica Badu, Lauren Hill. I learned it from Will Smith. He got stuck in the basement with uh, Gina. Yeah. And, and she started taking off her nails and her hair. That's when I fell in love with Natural Sisters. I can't front. Like, I ain't cried the first time I seen that episode of Will. And and Unk on the carpet, and he started crying because his pops was gone. Man, I damn this, yeah. I was young. I, I damn this started shedding tears because I'm like, damn, like yeah. I started thinking about it. Damn, that's how yeah. I am. Yeah, like, like 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 Will Smith gave us a lot of lessons. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely jokes, my Cosby show, bro. We got them from Martin. Like Will Smith was a combination of it was hilarious, but he gave us a lot of lessons. Like literally, I start pursuing my dreams when he pawned the violin for drums <laughs> for Ashley. Like. I got it. You know what I'm saying? I got a life lesson from that man. I ain't gonna lie. Still to this day, if I slide on a woman in the DMs, I send a Martin GIF. What is called GIF? 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 I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I send a Martin one. Yeah. So, see, I'm just, I'm just saying, I was saying it's fun. Like, and I appreciate it, but I do feel like Martin, out of any show, I feel like you could almost try to reboot any show. Martin would be the hardest. Yeah. Oh, I'm It would be the hardest. Like in you can't feel like that day. Yeah, like it, it's timeless. Let it ride. And I was I was like scared about this fresh prints <laughs> reading. Like, but they did an amazing job. I was scared. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's it. <laughs> but uh, I was scared. Of, did you watch the Fresh Prince reboot? I haven't seen. I've seen clips and stuff of it. It looks it looks totally different though. Must, must see. I don't even say it's a re a reboot. It's it looks totally. But different it's though. Twilight Zone. It's, it's, it's Fresh Prince Twilight Zone. Yeah, I watched it. I think it's great, but Reboot is where it's the same premise. Like, like Fuller House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Fuller House. It's a, a totally different show with the character names, similarities, and then most of those characters have been adapted to present day circumstances. But it, it does give you like a good backstory of it. 
But as far as um, the Martin reunion, it was kind of hard with all the characters being there. Um, I think the biggest takeaway was the relationship behind the scenes between Martin and Gina. So that, that's why I wasn't too interested, but I'm gonna try to make some time to watch it. Like, I mean, who knows how long they could have ran with that show. I think they had, I think they ended early. I think they ended early because I remember when it was ending, I was like, I, I still wanted more. Yeah. I still wanted more. They could have they went a little bit longer. At the same time, that's what, that's what makes it such a classic. That is they, that's a fact. They yeah. dropped out. Quitting while you're ahead isn't the same as quitting. So they were definitely ahead. I mean, it came out of nowhere, but now it's like, it's goaded. And um, it's definitely goaded. Y'all feel like the Jamie Foxx show goaded? No, let me say, I was talking about this. Here's the issue with Jamie Foxx. Amazing star. They should have built a better team around him. It's a great mm-hmm. show. Yeah. It was a great show. Jamie Foxx is a, I mean, just name, who's an NBA athlete that's on a team that he deserves better? Whoever that athlete is, that was Jamie. Like, like Jamie, Jamie, Jamie just, top five, like, one of the most entertaining guys. Okay, so when we, think, when we think about shows now, like, you know, you don't really see comedic shows, like, as we used to. Like, now we see shows like P-Valley P that's out. And, like, I haven't watched it yet, but, like, when I tell you people are coming to me, like, you need to watch this show, like, Ace, I'm like, okay. What's so what's so good about watching? I mean, I've seen previews. It just seems like it's a, it talks about a strip club and all this type of sexual explicit activity going on. Like, why is it? I think I think people like it. I haven't. I think I watched the first episode, first season one, and I really couldn't get into it. But I don't really. It's weird how I watch TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't like to watch stuff that's too close to reality of our like. I'm gonna be real. You know what I'm saying? I like to watch like. White chaos, if I'm just being real, like, <laughs> like Game of Thrones, you know what I'm saying? The boys, you know what I'm saying? I like to watch white people do fucked up shit. Like, I'm tired of watching our shit fucked up. Like, I just be having to escape from it. Just be real. I love you, but I'm just being real. I, I, I can agree to that. Like, uh, like probably like I want to say year before last. Like my favorite movie growing up was Shadows. I don't watch no gangster movies yeah. no more. I don't watch no gangster movies. Shout I don't watch no more movies with anything dealing with violence when it comes to us. If I see it's a black dude in prison, going to prison, just getting out of prison in the movie, I'm not watching it. <laughs> Anything dealing with slavery, I'm not watching it. Like, I'm just tired of seeing all of that. Like, as far as even that, like, everything dealing with reality when it comes, I'm not watching none of that shit. I'll, give me something that's funny. And if not, like he said, I'm going to watch some White Chaos, Game of Thrones, something, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. I'm not watching it. I think people telling you to watch it, though, because... From what I'm hearing, it does have a lot of great representation of everything from LGBTQ to black, white, like that's which people say they want the more representation is is there. Okay, so I have I'm not really a TV watcher. Okay, my wife has TV shows that she tunes into. So in the midst of me coming in and out of the living room or the bedroom, I catch the shows that she's watching and P Valley is one of those shows so i've watched episodes i've watched i've been in and out of ep- uh, episodes or you know I've, i'm like in the bathroom and i'm peeping out because there's something interesting going on but i can't fully commit to it there is representation but i think it's the wrong type of representation if you want to put every type of bad stereotype across the board for black people this is where you tune in. If you want to see dysfunction at the highest level, all kind of just ratchet craziness. And if you're looking at like 
what direction are you going in other than just more creative chaos? That's what this show is. It is very sexual, stereotypical, and um, that much I'm sick of, you know? Mm-hmm. And to think that um, this is what we're producing because this is what people are, are interested in is, is very sad. Yeah, and I do. I want to say real quick: if, if you do want to see white people causing chaos, <laughs> just turn on the news. <laughs> <laughs> turn on Fox News. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, w- I would just echo your guys's um, thoughts about about this because I do feel like you know, with these shows like P Valley, with Euphoria, even I don't know if you guys have seen that. There's this uh, like trend to mi- to to push the boundary further and further and further in terms of you know sex, sexuality, drugs at a younger younger age, all these things, and so you know I I just wonder if we can do better as a culture, you know, to be more creative, to be more artistic, rather than relying on these you know I guess more animalistic type tendencies like drugs, sex, you know, alcohol. Right? Like, I mean, that can only go so far. And so I do think that we're kind of, you know, at this dead end, um, you know, at least with our, our, our TV shows that are so popular. And so, you know, I, I hope that we come out of it and we have this sort of even renaissance um, regarding, um, you know, even going back to Martin, like these more lighthearted, funny, um, I don't want to say family values because I don't like that word, but, you know, these more kind of wholesome like type that's what show. We that's what we right. need right now, man. I yeah. feel like with everything that's going on, we need more of. We need some shit that's gonna make us laugh. We need, we need some shit that's gonna make us like bring us a different feeling. Like we can't. Everything we see on the news is something about somebody dying, chaos, a whole bunch of BS. We walk outside our house, especially when you come from certain environments. All you seeing is chaos. Then everything you watch on TV. Uh, music videos everything got something to do you know what i'm saying like we need something that's going to bring us a different feeling if not you become what you consume right you know what i'm saying yeah. and like so for me i lost my little cousin um this year i went to his funeral 14 years old jacksonville florida shot and killed at his school shot up the entire car and i just remember going to the funeral and seeing Never seen that many young people at a funeral. You know what I'm saying? Typically, when you see young people at a funeral, it's probably somebody that they ain't really even know. You know what I'm saying? They, they all great, great, uh, great. You know what I'm saying? If somebody had a relationship, but they ain't really have a relationship. But seeing a young person in that casket really messed me up, right? But it was on some, it was on some uh, dudes being on some game shit. So I remember getting home, having some time off, and I did not have an appetite to start season three of Snowfall. Because Snowfall is young brothers, you know what I'm saying, in our community, killing other young brothers. I just didn't have an appetite for it. Like, and we can't kill what we glorify. And I put a tweet up on um, Twitter uh, not too long ago. And that sounds like some old shit. I put a tweet on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, but I put up a tweet and I was like, you know, at some point we got to draw the parallel lines between the reality, I mean, th- th- between the stuff that we promote and love and the reality that we're living. 
Because on one hand, we like, oh my God, Atlanta's out of control. He felt crazy. But on the other hand, we like, oh, I love Tommy. He about to kill the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, like we got we to gotta pick, we got to make our mind up. And I remember going through a training at the King Center. They were teaching uh, King nonviolence. And one of the first questions they asked is, would you like a world of peace, right? And then everybody says yes. And then they were like, what are you willing to sacrifice? What does a world with no peace look like? Well, I mean, what does a world with complete peace look like? How much violence do you have in your music that you listen to? How much violence have in the TV that you watch? How much violence is in the activities? Like, could we sacrifice all of the violence that we enjoy? You know what I'm saying? And then we got to ask ourselves as a community, we're like, do we really want change? Or do we just want to be removed from the issue when it's in really reality? Uh, you know what I'm saying? And that's the tough question. I had that reality check at the beginning of this year. I was one of the ones like, man, I'm tired of my people getting da-da-da-da, all this. You know what I'm saying? And then a certain situation happened. I came back home, and I started having anxiety attacks. Like, I'm literally, I'm listening to, who was I? Li- I ain't going to put his name out there, but I'm listening to a song song I know word for word and I'm listening to it and I swear to God I thought I was having a heart attack. I had to pull up on the side of the road like my heart started beating fast everything. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then I changed the music. I put on some, I think it was Otis Redden and I calmed down. Yeah. I'm like, alright I'm good. I started riding. Probably like an hour later I'm listening to the same music and it happened again and I'm like alright now I see. That's when I started realizing like hold on I started watching the same thing I was looking at on Netflix and all of that. I started having that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Because now it's just, I don't know, it's just start the, the connection. It's like, all right, something, you know what I'm saying? Something you consuming is off. And I had to have that, that face-to-face look in the mirror like, all right, it's time to, time to change something, bro. Like, and now I'm at that point where it's like, all right, all of us have to, we say we won't change, but we still doing the same things. We still listen to the same things. We still watching the same things. We glorifying it. And then when you get home and something happened, we want to cry about it. But you was the same one that was just saying a song that was put out talking about shooting somebody's grandma. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not making sense, bro. It, it don't make sense. Bro. Yeah, so um, the Nipsey Hustle case. So it just came out, the, uh, the guy being charged, Eric Holder Jr., I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He's being charged uh, first degree murder for, um, for murdering um, Nipsey Hustle. And I think it was dude said he was saying he snitched on him or him or something. So um, and what I feel it's almost becoming a taboo. It's almost like you know snitches get stitches or like you know or it's, it seems like that's what's causing a lot of our murders. We've been real. That's cap. You think it's cap? You know how, bro? You know how long every project is. Uh, every project. Say you live in a a project with five thousand people. Out of those five thousand people, it's forty five hundred of them are probably informants. And everybody knows these people are informants and nobody do anything. The whole snitches get stitches is something people used to say back in the day, like, it's not reality. But like, them same snitches just walking around, living carefree, living their life after they just got somebody else 50 years. Snitch does six nine, like, when talking crazy. If I understand me walking around, nothing, no bruises, no nothing. Man, the game, we just gotta admit the game ain't as real as we wanted, wanted to be, right? Until it is. Like, so as far as was it ever right well i i think that i think um i think it is real i think there's people that are willing to live the art i think there are art 
million artists out here that paint these beautiful pictures. And I can say this, because 50 Cent got me locked up. Like, I wanted to be in G-Unit when I was 15. <laughs> like, I can tell y'all now, I went to jail, it was because 50 Cent and Lloyd Banks, bro. Them were gangster dog, and I wanted to be that. Like, 50 Cent got that line, but he was like, two niggas in the front, two niggas in the back. There's four niggas riding scrap and Grandpa Cadillac. Like, I was in my sister Pontiac, bro. Like, <laughs> like I was ready. Like, but 50 Cent was the art. You know what I'm saying? And I was willing to live it and imitate it. So that's the issue that we're going to always come up against. I can't lie. Plaza, Plaza was that for me. Like, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I put yeah. on that, we put on that Plaza. That's, so, that's, that's what we own. Like, yeah, yeah. So as far as this Rico, I'm going to be real, but this Rico case, with Young Thug, you know. With Young Thug, Gunna. Gunna, Gunna, I'm going to be real. It was 28, 28 people. If it's 28 people that they locked up in the indictment, that means by the time it's over, it's going to be 68. Facts. They about to start. They went in rappers. They about to be in this turn of singers. Everybody snitching. <laughs> for, for one. Out of, out of 68, 67 snitching. Yeah, like so. They going to hang one so of them. So that's the thing. Everybody snitch. It, it just is what it is. But this is where I feel bad. I, in my heart of heart, I don't think Gunner really was living that life. In my heart of heart, I don't. I think this is the side effects of being around the wrong people at the wrong time. And you got, cause even if you look at his charges, he is a pretty life. Young thug, whatever they said he did, he did. <laughs> you can't, bro. I, I live up the street from Cleveland Avenue. You can't be on Cleveland Avenue in a skirt with fingernail polish on, and nobody talking about you unless you a killer. Young Thug was running things. I'm just gonna be real with you, bro. Young Thug, Young Thug was running things, bro. Like he was like, and then it was just too stupid. It's like cars connected to shootings. He renting the car. Like it was like dumb crimes that he connected to. And I'm just be real with y'all. Get y'all music. If you ever had an autograph for Young Thug, save it. It's about to be worth something. Yeah, he he getting thirty. I said it on this podcast, time stamp Young Thug getting 30. Do you feel like this Rico case and all the other, the laws and rights, bills, whatever that's, that's gonna be passed, you feel like that's gonna help or hurt music as far as hip hop? Oh, it's, it's, it's gonna help music because, you know, they still gonna glorify. I mean, Killer Mike just put something out the other day, free YSL, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I, don't, I ain't even necessarily on that. I'm gonna be real, Atlanta too hot right now. Anybody that's promoting this gangster shit, lock that. So I'm just be real with you. Like, bro, I ain't about to get robbed. I ain't about to get killed. I don't want to see nobody get robbed. If you want that lame gangster shit, take your ass to jail, bro. Like, yeah. So many people out here dying. I'm just gonna be calm with what you want to call me. I think it I think it's crazy. Um, the level of love that we have for people who are so destructive to us. The music may be good. I feel like rappers now, a good amount of them, the outlet and that platform is pretty much dire. So I wouldn't put it past that they did it. And if Gunner wasn't actually in that life, when he got around it, maybe he found himself empowered to live this character, to feed into this, you know, WWE narrative. Because for the most part, some of these rappers are entertaining selling dreams. And um, if they are, it's toxic and terrible to this to this culture. Then yeah, get get these guys out of the way. That's that's honest, you know. I feel like uh, 
I don't know. I, I feel like with everything that's happening, I feel like it's gonna make music better, like hip hop better. Oh, you overall. Like because look, somebody be like, you gonna have to, you gonna have to after, you gonna have to actually be able to rap now, like how it was in the mid two thousand, early two thousands. How you even if, like for example, I seen an interview with Lil Wayne. He was talking about how like music had a subject. So say if you name a song, Icy for example, when you rap, that you had to have subject line. Now we really, if we name a song Icy, the whole time we'll be talking about how hot it is in Miami. You know what I'm saying? It's it's no, we just be throwing stuff on the song. I think it's gonna go back to everything having a, a subject line, everything having a, a plot, a story. You gonna have to actually rap again, bro. That's how I feel. I don't feel like I, don't, I feel like anybody change. I don't think you getting it. That we we about to go through. Uh, you think so? I think we about to go through it. I mean, you just seen Glorilla just got signed. You know what I'm saying? That's always a, she Memphis though. Bro, that's always you know what I'm saying. Like, that's their name. What I'm saying is, and Glorilla can actually rap though. Man, yeah. what I'm saying is, we about to go down for a little while. We gonna come back up. But it's it gonna take some time though. I think I think the dip is gonna result in more industry clones, meaning people who actually do these things. Hopefully, they learn that lesson and they're not going to use rap as a way to self snitch. However, the people who are gonna keep coming out with this this terrible culture that sells are gonna be people like. Takashi 69 or any other person who's clearly not John Gotti, but they can manipulate these people for the masses to follow their influence. That's what I feel like is happening. Uh, yeah, another issue in uh, the music industry, apart from the Young Thug Rico case, um, has been comments made by um, Macy Gray on um, Pierce Morgan. I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but just to, just to provide some context, you know, <laughs> this uh, this issue, you know, it's not new. Um, and it has a long history, at least, um, you know, going back, you know, uh, 30 years or so um, in the feminist movement and the transgender community um, regarding what constitutes a woman, right? This kind of fundamental question. And Macy, I guess Pierce Morgan asked Macy Gray about this. And she says, um, Macy says that I will say this and everyone's going to hate me. But as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman sorry and so she's caught a lot of flack from um and, being, and been accused of being a turf and so a turf um for those of you that don't know uh stands for a trans exclusionary radical feminist so these are kinds of women or feminists that exclude trans people from the movement so this idea of what 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 constitutes a woman what is a woman uh, has all sorts of political ramifications um, for, you know, who has access to healthcare, who has access to rights, um, you know, who's, who's treated with dignity and um, who's discriminated against or who's kind of ostracized from society. So I'm curious, what, what do you guys make of Macy Gray's comments? I would like to say I appreciate how uh, bold she is for saying that. I think it takes a lot of character, a, a lot of, you know, to put on the line with true freedom of speech really being in question, just for sharing your thoughts. I feel like most of the time you, you can't really um, question certain things or even give your perspective being from that particular group. And I think if we're not careful, um, 
things like the feminist movement or the women's movement will get supplanted by men who transition into being women, ultimately pushing women further down the line. So I think her voice coming out and saying this based off of one, she's qualified, and then two, uh, how easily are we, you know, changing or maybe forcing things on people? So you definitely have to keep women or cis women or naturally born women and their opinions in mind and be careful not to suppress that because that's taking steps back. I feel like that's that's tough because are we are we questioning a woman that's yes. questioning it? Like you know what I'm saying? Yes. That's that's kinda crazy. She's wrong. Is she's wrong? Like what I don't know. It's certain things I'm not gonna touch on, but I don't know, man. It's like he said, I feel like somewhere down the line, women right now it seemed like, you know, empowerment and all of that. I feel like real soon, as we see it, everything that's going on right now, it's going to keep, you know, going downhill for them as far as their rights and all of that. Because, I don't know, this, this society kind of crazy. Let's be love when folk get asked about an LGBTQ issue. They start talking real slow. <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes, like, I'm not gonna be straight up. We tiptoeing around it. So, and please help me out, cause you know, like a lot of things you could say, you can't say. So I'm gonna be real. I'm I'm learning. Like you know what I'm saying? Is it? Do I really think people are going to purposely? I'm going to turn into a woman because I suck as a man and I can be better over there. Do I think that's gonna happen? Not necessarily. But um, I did you see that happen though? Was now, it, now, was that in high school now, in Texas? It, young dude yeah, the young, came in last when he was racing with the men, with the, with the young boys. It was a swimmer, right? And he switched over. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, talk, I'm talking about track. I'm talking about track. But switched over. It was, and, a, it was and, in high school, right? Yeah. He, 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 it was he in Pennsylvania, was right? No, he talks about swimming. I'm talking about track. Yeah, the, the, track, the track thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one in Pennsylvania, one in Texas. How many states is there? Exactly. So you can lose those two states. Oh. <laughs> so look, but no, I just think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a fight. And if you believe in it and you want it, you just gotta stand up. And you're gonna have some allies. I can be real in my ignorance to the situation. That's where I just told you where I draw the line. I don't care about nothing else. But when it starts talking about competitive edge as it pertains to physical competition. To me, that's where I begin to draw my line. You can be bigging somebody up, but if you say the, one, the wrong words, like, you're on the fence. Like, you, I mean, I don't know. And as far as, uh, I don't know, man. It's just a it's just a, a time where stuff just, like he said, it's kind of like blown out of proportion when it comes come to a lot of stuff. Like, yes. whatever you want to do, do your thing, bro. Nobody cares. Like, if you are of a, if you gay, lesbian, whatever you, I love you for who you are. You don't have, when you enter the room, you don't have to tell me, hey, bro, I'm gay. I don't care. Just because I'm, I'm not going to come up to you and say, I'm straight. I love you for who you are. And you should love me for who I am. And I feel like that's how the world should be. Let's love each other for who we are and go about our day. We shouldn't have to force each other to accept us for who we are and what we are. And I don't know. I just. A question for you. Like, on the. So, when it comes to art and telling, telling stories of our history. So, let's just say the great. Maya Angelou. We all love her, right? 
And how do you think, do you think a transgender woman should be able to play the role, should be chosen to play the role? A historically woman, is it okay for a transgender woman to play that? Or should it be given to a woman role? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think in a way that's a hypothetical, and so it's hard for me to give you like a clear answer. Um, but uh, in another sense, I don't see a problem with it. I think it should depend on the quality of the actor or actress, or you know their their characteristics. Um, I don't think it should be based on gender identity, sexuality, or 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 ethnicity or race. Well, I mean, I, I guess it should be. <laughs> Julia Roberts. <laughs> play, play. I get. You. I feel. I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. So, all right. No, nah, no. Nah, I, I get it. So, again, I think I, where I draw the line is just with the, the physical competitive edge. That's that's the only place I draw the line. You know what I mean? Like when you start getting transgender women in uh, UFC and boxing. Really, sports the only place I really draw the line. Everything else, man, it's on y'all, y'all. Fight it out, do what you gotta do. But that's where I just feel like it's, it's just you got a competitive edge that we can't, we can't reverse. Well, uh, my final thought is, I think if you're not careful with the lines, uh, America's overall competitive place and um, Ultimately, you don't want people to miss that particular opportunity. And the reason why I'm saying this is you can't uh, be biased. So if there, I forget the, the example. There was, I want to say Holly Berry, who was cast as uh, a transgender woman. And there was an outcry. Oh, well, why didn't you just give this opportunity to this particular group of people for proper representation? There's a record of 300, 306 mass shootings this year in the U.S., yeah. where the one in Highland Park, Illinois, was the last one on the 4th of July weekend, where seven people were killed, and I think almost 20 people were, were injured. So um, what, what, what is y'all take on that as far as these mass shootings and people just shooting everywhere? Like, what what's the cause of action that we should be doing? Hey, he's probably going to attack another, another site. That's what they released today. So not only was he... His plan was to shoot here and shoot there. I heard he was he was proposing as a woman or something to get through security. I heard that part too. See, I ain't, I ain't hear the details of it, but <laughs> a call a call to action to us. One black people, we gotta stop being scared of guns. Uh, if you are able and legally able to register for a gun, and if you do that, you'll begin to see a big difference. You'll start seeing them put more restrictions on it. They ain't restricting gun laws because we ain't buying guns. That's that's number one thing. Number two, like we got to start really pressuring our legislators and all the people to start pressing the hate crimes. Because these police officers, there was just a young man that was killed at a red light, literally. Uh, Ohio was that one? Ohio. Yeah, just just Jaylen, Jayden, just something. killed. No weapon, no, like literally just killed. But this young dude that just killed somebody, you can take him in with no issues, no like. It's, it's really getting ridiculous. It's the same song. I'm tired of seeing it, but I really just feel like we have to stop being scared of guns. We got to start uh, training ourselves on how to protect ourselves with guns. I ain't even saying you got to buy one. I just want to know if something go down and I hand a gun to you, you know what to do with it. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with education and educating ourselves on self-defense. That's what I think the people should do. So... 
and if you're looking for somebody, uh, Arms in Motion, they're great. They're black owned. They do a lot of amazing trainings. It's almost like a five hour training and literally three hours of it is without you even touching a gun. It's just an education of what the gun is and really knowing why the gun works the way it works so there are no mistakes. So Arms in Motion is a great arms dealer, not an arms dealer, but an arms uh, tactical trainer. It's said and not to downplay the loss of innocent life. So, um, with the increase of mass shootings, in my personal opinion, I don't feel like that is the opportunity to strip the public from guns because certain individuals are mentally unstable or certain people are um, have violent tendencies and things like that. I think that it's a time for uh, education, revisiting how people are getting guns, um, also understanding why you have the right to bear arms, to definitely, if you live in a state or a place where you can protect yourself, to do so. Not saying that one good guy, I think the quote from the FBI or from Republicans are, one good guy with a gun could stop a situation. But I would rather have and not need the need you not have. Not to say that you could go and be John Wick and save the crowd from a massive shooter, but I would feel more comfortable that way. In reality, I don't think the police primary objective is to safety. And I don't think that they're constitutionally obligated to safety. So you definitely should, under the right circumstances, be able to protect yourself and protect your family. I try to think of a scenario. If, you know, I witnessed something like that, how would I behave? But guns are American. And they definitely African-American. I think that you can't sit and fight for voting rights and then at the same time deny something that your ancestors would have appreciated and fought so hard to have. I think that I think before we can tackle the gun issue in the United States, we have to tackle the police issue. And that includes that includes uh, training officers, um, restructuring uh, the, the um, uh, prison system, the police force to be better integrated into communities and to prosecuting um, police officers that um, kill innocent people uh, based on race. Um, so that I think is number one for me. And then I think after we tackle that or do that, we need to uh, employ better gun laws so that people can't buy uh, semi-automatic or automatic weapons, that it's reasonable, um, and that you know people have uh, go through proper background checks in order to obtain a firearm. I think that seems like uh, you know, the most reasonable response. Again, y'all just heard me advocate for guns. I do feel like in our households, we should control that. But sending my kids to a school full of teachers with guns, whether the teachers are uh, ill-equipped and scared, whether the students are, like, it's, that's a scary thing as a parent, sending my kids to a school where everybody got a gun. And I think on a, on a broader issue too, just that we're having the conversation about arming teachers says something about where we're at in society. Like this is, it's, it's insane that we're even talking about should teachers carry guns in, 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 in schools? 
Like, I think we need to take um, a broader look and look at the causes of why this violence keeps happening. What's going on? You know, it has to do with all sorts of things. Poverty has to do with racism. It has to do with not providing opportunities to people um, and many, many other factors. So I think if we look at the causes of why we're talking about arming teachers, I think we're going to be able to better solve the issue than kind of put a Band-Aid over it. So the last thing I want to talk about is the um, people are pushing to expand the Supreme Court. Um, right now we have nine Supreme Court justices, and I'm assuming they want, I think we're going to uh, jump into 11. Um, it's all because, you know, Trump pretty much put in three Supreme Court justices, you know, kind of by cheating, and now they think to kind of level the playing field is to add more Supreme Court justices and to, I guess, vote in more senators more democratic senators to actually push that through so um do you think that's going to change the issues that we're having because it seems like the supreme court is that main entity that's kind of holding us back in progress my question is what is the progress that you're seeking so i can better answer the question progress as far as you know more women's rights that we we're supposed to be fighting for more rights for african-american people like the stuff that everyone else has other cultures have. Okay, so, so primarily women, black women, black people. Okay. Uh, yeah, so for one, I think expanding it could be a good thing, but we just got to talk about the root of it. Democrats got to start acting like they got some balls. And Democrats are acting super weak across the board. They're not moving with the power that they do got, right? So we can expand those seats, but if we expand them and you don't show you got a strong platform and you lose those seats, now you really asked out, you know what I'm saying? So my thing is, I I am, I'm a politic nerd too, I love this stuff. So like, I just feel like the Democrats, we have to, when it comes to voters, Republicans vote on code. Meaning, I'm voting for you. Republicans vote against their interests all the time. Like, poor Republicans vote against their interests all the time because they vote on code. Democrats vote on relationship. And right now, the relationship between Democrats and the constituents, Democratic uh, constituents, is not the strongest. So I think you, get, you put yourself in a position to almost lose when you expand it, and then we lose those seats, we in trouble. But... I just want Democrats to begin to move aggressively. Don't every time we get power, we be like, oh, let's be bipartisan. Let's be part. Nah, man, you got power. Do what Republicans do. Like at least they act like they got some balls. Like as crazy as they is, they get what they want. And you see, they put passing all these crazy law, road, roadway, um, uh, what's the uh, Miranda rights that they just took away. So they're taking away, they're doing what they want to do. And that's just what I want to see out of Democrats. So if you want, if, if, if you need to get some more people on the, uh, on the court, let's do it. But do something with that power. And that's what I'm not seeing from the Democrats. I don't see them leveraging the power that they have. Yeah, I think if you think back to, you know, government class in high school, uh, we were taught that the, the three branches of government, the judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the executive branch, they're supposed to have checks and balances on each other, right? And so I think the judicial branch has, has gotten, gotten out of control. I think it's very, very partisan in terms of conservative values. And the justices that 
um, testified to be appointed to the Supreme Court lied in front of Congress when asked about Roe versus Wade. Like you can look up videos, you know, you can look up videos on YouTube. And Brett Kavanaugh was asked point blank what, what he thought about overturning Roe versus Wade. And clearly he, he lied, mm -hmm. I mean, in retrospect, right? So I think that the Democrats need to, A, they need to repeal the filibuster in the Senate so that they can pass legislation, that's first, and then retain onto their, retain their seats, retain a majority. And then, yeah, I do think the Supreme Court needs to be checked. And I think that additional um, seats need to be opened up so that the court is more bipartisan and it's not leaning heavily towards this conservative, evangelical, Christian kind of ideology, which is so out of touch with, with modern America that it's just insane. Then we have a viewers. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you to our guests for happening on us you know definitely look forward to having you on again definitely nice conversations look forward to seeing some more conversations so uh, what's your social media social media uh, i've said too much to put that up <laughs> 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 no, no, you follow me it's eldridge at just eldridge at just eldridge on all platforms just eldridge podcast entrepreneur uh lgbtq advocate um community activist organizer I'm out here. Love it. On Instagram, man, y'all can find me at Tonio underscore uh, the great. Twitter, same thing. Tonio the great. Uh, website, TonioTheGreat.com. All right, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Looking forward to seeing you on our next episode. Peace out.